Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Close again, aren't we? Oh, no, and I feel as though like I'm on BT or something. You know, like side at pitch. Murray Walker. Hold it microphone. I'm just waiting for Roy Keane to come back. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off, Keane. <laughs> All good, you? Yes, good. We're in Leeds. We are we're in Leeds. For our first live show. Around. Hell of a venue, isn't it? It's lovely, yeah. isn't it? Can you pan out, Matt? Your... Royal Box up there. Do you think people have paid extra for the... Oh, that's top dollar price. That I think so. Oh, I, I wonder yeah. if it, I wonder if they. It's like Michael McIntyre, isn't it? You know, when they take the phone off him. Yeah, have you seen it? Should we I do that at night? I hope that, yeah, it's not a bad shout. That <laughs> yeah, get, we'll get somebody off the off out the car and just message me saying, just let you know that I'm stopping out tonight <laughs> and see what comes back. Yeah, first proper one back in it, Leeds. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think we've yeah. got a full house. All well, right, Friday night in Leeds. What we don't. What, what, what do you want? What we learnt from last. The last live show is well, spread them out a little bit because they're quite tiring. So we've got one Friday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday. We just uh, we just kill ourselves, don't we? What about that prick, by the way, Richarlison? I like him, me. Eh? I like it. You've changed your tune. I know. I like him now. <laughs> like, because I saw, I, I saw, bloody, I heard Agbon Law saying, "Oh, he kick him," which is fair enough. Yeah, kick him. But I heard somebody else was saying he should be punished. Oh no, not, not punishment. But I think I think to be fair, the worst thing about it is, is the lad who's done him. It must be thought. I wish I'd have got him better. Yeah. Do you know, like you think I, w- I want a dead leg him here, so he's out for yeah. two weeks. One of the lads who did the the bike ride has set up a GoFundMe to pay the fine for the lad's yellow card. <laughs> yeah, which is it? I'm not sure what they Eight get fined, but he's asking for a quid off all the Forest fans. <laughs> <laughs> nice little learner for him, like. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's gonna. Uh, He's going to pay the... I think it's about 12 quid, isn't it? Is it? 12 quid for the, the other card. He's going to make fucking 40 bags. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, though. It makes it interesting. Do you know it? what? A few characters on the field. I wouldn't mind it, Chris, right? But he came on sub. Didn't really contribute to the game. He'd cut, yeah, he did. He did kick-ups and then, and then got exactly. put on his ass. You know, if Henri did it in his pomp. Yeah. When you he was just need, taking you, you think you need a bit more about yourself like, At in least your game. game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you've scored a couple, maybe. But come on, mate. Coming on for a cameo and then... Taking the pitch. Shit. Mm. Is that what else happening? How's your toenail? It's all right. I hurt my toe. Oh, funny. But I had a <laughs> oh yeah. I had uh, an interaction with a with a, with a fan of the show. Right. On uh, I went to Bolton Food and Drink Festival on Saturday night. You've you've been to one before, haven't you? But loads of food stalls, a few bands on, and uh, my mate with her who always takes piss about the podcast. Like he says it's shit. 
Yeah. Uh, he's, he just said, oh, the Neanderthals talking about shitting in shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so he, said, he, he might have a point, actually. Uh, <laughs> but it, he, he listens and he likes it, really, but he just likes to, you know, What's his name? A bit. I'm not, I won't give his name. What's his name? Don't John. give him the attention. John, you yeah. fucking tit. So he, he, he were giving it a bit whilst we were there having a few drinks. Anyway, about, about half nine, ready for home. We're walking back, getting a taxi, and with kids as well. Like we've all been with, with kids and stuff. There's one food stand still open, and one of the girls decides to get something to eat on the way back. So I'm stood there waiting, and I'm watching something unfold at the food stand. There's two lads and a girl arguing. Like the, one of them's pushed in front of other or something. So I, I, I get, I stand back and get the kids because I can see this is bubbling. Like this is, and the two lads walk off, and she's not finished. She goes back for more. Shouting in his face. Next minute, she poof, slaps his chips out of his hand. Oh no! Uh, yeah. Oh, mayo chips, ketchup all no, over. Slap me right face, but not <laughs> my chips. Let me jockeys His out, chips have scattered everywhere. He shoves this woman. He's not not hard, but he's just pushed her back. And I thought, oh flipping next. So I've got the kids around me, thinking this isn't good. This this woman's boyfriend's seen what's going on. You should have seen him coming down runway. When he's seen what's going on, he's going tense at dozen. And the way that he was approaching, I thought he was going to come out with some Chuck Norris shit. Like he's coming at <laughs> pace, and he's and he's got he's in he's intent he's, he's intent on damage. But he went down like Chuck Berry. He was on floor in about two minutes. What he got filled in? <laughs> he got a slug to the nose. He's coming in with a crane <laughs> kick, and he got slugged to the nose. So and down what, on he's, what you're saying is he's coming too fast, and he's left he's himself coming, up. Yeah, he's he coming like a crane. Like and he, he ended up on floor. Um, but like I said, I've stood back with kids. Well, you know, you don't want to get involved with anything like that, do you? But my mate, who I mentioned, John, he's gone over. Separation. You know, well, go on, on your way. Separated up. Pulls this lad over, bloody nose and everything. He's just saved his life, maybe. He's, he's saving him a good a good hiding anyway. Pulls him over. He's come up, nose is bleeding. He looks up, he goes, Chris, hey, how are we doing? <laughs> he says, can I have a photograph? <laughs> and gives me mate the phone. <laughs> Gives in the ball, he just, he just saved him a kicking. Next minute he's standing back like David Bailey. Taking a photo of you and this blooded fan. Did he did he wipe the nose he or? The nose. He wiped the nose, but he, but the timing was perfection. <laughs> the timing was pure perfection. What what your life is it's just like there's always something going off, isn't there? So did, did that just Diffuse the situation oh, then. Oh yeah, it diffuses the situation. So you, well, they, they, them two are gone. They, they're gone. My mate they've done the work. Job separating it. He'd, he'd, he'd done a good job, you know, diffusing the situation. Saved this lad's life, and then he, he, he got photographed duties. I want to see this picture. The big, so yeah, he's so he's obviously that. listening. Yeah, if you if he could if upload it. But the one thing I'm concerned about: did he get another? Bag of chips. chips? No, but they went. No chips. No Was chips. They were no well. hungry and all. Were they, they loaded? Like, no, they were. Um, they were tornado chips. Have you seen them? With a bit of spice. Yeah, they were one potato, and then they peel them in a whirl, and then fry them. So it's like chips on a stick. Oh. Yeah. See, I'm f- scattered uh, everywhere. Nice all over the floor, then. All over cobbles. Yeah, I, I, I think I might go and just try one pot pallet. <laughs> I'll just see if you wanted a portion. We tried that on the pallet, by the way. The Kel toy. Oh, I tell you what, we've got a, a message from. This this episode is coming right at you from Beer Fifty Two. The lads are back, aren't they? Yeah. The lads are back. We've got a box in. The box of goods. Oh. Now, if you don't know what Beer 52 is, they are the number one beer company for your delivery beers. In the world, by the way, In the Chris, world. In my opinion. In the world. And I value your opinion, Chris. And as part of the show, you can get a free case. We're well, talking free case. Just lift a few up. Get them out, Chrissy. 
We've got a bull got roarer. Roar, a bull roarer. Try it. Get it. Get that in your gills, John. Oh, American pale ale. So you, and you can get a free box because you because you watch because you listen. So that all box, you got to do that is box pay. is free. All you need to do is pay your postage and packaging. All five pound ninety five is it? It is five pound ninety five. Pay the five ninety five and one of these will be landing on your doorstep. Chuck us that uh, thing of nuts. Couple of snacks. They are John baked pretzels. Oh, they are right up my street. The old baked pretzels. And what I do like, if you don't like the darker ales, you can choose the lighter option. Oh, because I'm not that keen on the darker ones. I think so, in a, some so of the darker ones are an acquired taste. Yeah, you've got to be yeah. a, a seasoned, so, heavy, heavy boozer. Yeah, it's so nice to have like the me, option, though, isn't it? If you like it? me and you don't like them, then you can just get the lighter ones. That's good. So what is that, 5 95 You get the box on your doorstep. And this month, like we said, from across the world, it's Ireland. Oh, some of the no, finest beers go. from the Emerald Isle. Oh, I'm looking forward to digging in. So, yeah, all you've got to do is pay the £5.95 by visiting www.beer52.com slash kosh. And you'll get them 10 free beers on your doorstep for £5.95. You can cancel at any time as well. Yeah, if you cancel it, if, it, if it's not for you or the, with the eating going up, you can cancel at any time. Yeah. No, no obligation. So that's www.beer52.com slash kosh. Chuck us another one here, bigger. You want another? Aye, there you go. Well, that's a free by the way, that one. can we speak about Don? What a that is top. I was right, wanna top tier. Yeah, you agree? Yeah, I've not listened to it, but yeah, I can remember it. He's good, really wasn't good. he? I, I, I just wish we'd have got more out, more out of his impressions. I know, yeah. Because you could tell he had he had some in the bank, and, and the other thing is when we finished as well, he was telling us some stories about his prank calls and mm. stuff, which we should have got in the episode. I think it was, it, it was dodgy territory, weren't it? Because he said he's, he's got a Mick McCarthy uh, impersonation. If he does it and it's not great, we've got to then put a fake laugh on, haven't we? Yeah. We don't, but we don't do that often, do we? No. We like so, to keep it real. Exactly. That's why but we it, but it, it, it was top notch, wasn't it? Yeah, great guy. The thing um, is, since it's been released, fans are still coming on from loads of different clubs. Saying, Did you ask him why he hates so-and-so? Yeah, there's been a few more mentioned since, hasn't there? He hates the full championship. He hates everybody. <laughs> he hates everybody. Which is surprising for such a lovely man. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's not, it, I wouldn't say you're a hater. No. <sighs> He's just saying that how it is, isn't he, Chris? You know that. Keeping it real like us. That's all you've got to do. Who have we got this week? Malcolm Christie this week. Oh. This well, is a good well, episode. It? This is a, It's a two-parter. Oh, it is needs, it? Yeah. And it needs to be. Uh, yeah, it's a, a really good story. And a story that a lot of people won't be aware of. Like, I, I mean, myself, like, well, what, what happened to Malcolm Christie? Because mm. he, he was, was one of them, wasn't he, where... Just kind of big, what he like? He was like he was one of the next yeah. big things, wasn't yeah. he? And he come from non-league, and which we'll we'll, we'll get into. But um, the second half was very sad, wasn't it? Emotional. What can yeah. Emotional. You can see he was emotional talking about that. Yeah. We're like we're like Malcolm. Malcolm tell his tale. Like. Yeah. Should we get him in? Yeah. Come he's on booked, then, Malcolm. Oh, we've well, got uh, we've got two more live shows after this as well, so you could be at the next next two. It was at Bradford. Bradford Wednesday the seventh. Uh, Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough Sunday the eleventh. Yeah. See you there. My brain. See you there. Did you get it? Did I know? I I was looking at that whenever it was Jeff. Been trying to find it on Google. Do you know who, who was a ref at Old Trafford? I wasn't at Old Trafford. 
Which one? It was the two all. The two all was Steve Dunn. Right. right. Just looked like Jeff Winter. No, we, Jeff, we've had him on. Yeah, Jeff Winter. Shit. Yeah, he gave a penalty away at Old Trafford against me and Gary Neville. When what, oh, what you brought him down or he brought you yeah, down? Yeah, I, well, I didn't, I didn't bring him down. <laughs> Honestly, it was so clever what Neville did. So the ball went over me and Neville. Neville hooked my arm like that. So Old he hooked arm. my arm and fucking fell over. And obviously I went with him and it looked like I barged him over. And we both went down and fucking Jeff went a penalty. <laughs> I went, you what? And like, I looked at Neville, he fucking gave me a little wink. I thought, you fucking bastard. Oh, Absolutely done me a treat. Like that. Done me a fucking kipper. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, just... And, but the thing is, the resulting penalty, Skulls took it and Poom, uh, Poom ended up saving it. So I was like, oh, fucking, I remember thinking, oh, fucking bastard. Yeah, redemption. I don't, you wouldn't have been playing when he scored down there, would you? He scored for Sunderland again. I remember him scoring for One of the best headers yeah, I've ever seen. Rose like a salmon, didn't he? Did he? Yeah, it was a bullet header back stick yeah. wasn't it Got didn't, didn't celebrate yeah he was charging for Derby just sprinted back nobody could catch yeah. him just everyone sprinting what, what back and off just didn't didn't move his arms just put his like ter uh, Terminator everyone was trying back. to catch him to celebrate weren't they they yeah. just couldn't he, he, went, he was just like that I'm going back to the thing back his goal <laughs> he always looked very serious him Paul yeah yeah he had probably the best physique I've ever seen in a footballer. I don't yeah. know if he was like that at Derby. Just yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Was he'd do, defined. Yeah, he'd always be asking questions about how he could, how, how you know, it was always about trying to get the best, most out of him yeah. as, a, as a player. Also his physique as well. He'd be constantly trying to work on it. And, and it's mad because you'd think, because he put that much work into his legs and his strength, he couldn't kick it over the halfway line. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not being, I'm not yeah. even being nasty no, there. He, it was he, didn't have a good, he didn't have a good kick, did he? But, <laughs> you know. Throwing it, wasn't he? <laughs> if I'm a goalkeeper and a scorer, I'm going absolutely mental. Just a shame that's against... Yeah, it was against, his old, it was against his old clubs, wasn't it? So it was like a bit... Oh. He, he was a hero for, for Derby and stuff like that, so... You know, see this goal. I'm yeah. still celebrating, I think. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you're going to score. I mean, chances are you're not going to score one goal. They'll all score one goal. And then you can't give it the old, oh, I'm not celebrating against yeah. my own club. I'm assuming, well, it must be the last minute. Oh, I'm sure, it, well, yeah, it was an equaliser, wasn't it? Must have been. It must have been, yeah. yeah. I don't think it'd come up if they were getting the point yeah, no, away no, no. from home. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to getting into this. Sunday League to Premier League. Mm -hmm. yeah. Some yeah. journey. Yeah, in incredible journey. I think it was only kind of after you reflect back on your your career that you realise, wow, is it, uh, you know, has anyone really taken that journey and, and elevated themselves from relative obscurity from, from where I was? Because, you know, at 19 years old, you know, when I became a, a Premier League footballer, in the April, when I turned 19, I was still working at Summerfield Supermarket in Stamford. So... To stacking go shelves. Stacking shelves. I worked in the, the dairy department of Summerfield Supermarket. <laughs> dairy assistant. I used to put the milk out, sausages, cheese, yogurts. And at so, that point, were you, what what level are you playing at? at the same so time? in the April, I would, I'd had just started like um, a trial match for Nuneaton Borough. So they were in the Doc Martins Premier Division and at the same time, I was also playing for Deeping Rangers, which were in the Peterborough um, and a, uh, Saturday League as such. And I was playing for my brother's fruit and veg company uh, called Paulie's. So my, <laughs> my, my brother and his mates got a team together in the Peterborough Sunday League and, and I just joined them. 
basically. And and so I was effectively in the April, I was playing for three teams, deep in Rangers, Paulies, and just starting for Nuneaton Borough. What, what was, what's the Doc Martens? Is that conference back then? It's the one below oh. the conference. Yeah. Because straight away, I think of Vardy, but even Vardy's was a gradual progression, really. Yeah. One went conference, Fleetwood. Yeah. Leicester, Leicester. League One, champ. But to go from where you were, yeah. to be dropped into a Premier League team. Yeah, and at that it, point, have you got any, can you even contemplate aspirations of being a Premier League footballer? No. Nah. Oh, what? Because we were all like, we were going out on Saturday night, having a few drinks, and it was just a laugh on a Sunday. Do you know what I mean? But I, I used to like it because, like, we're, I was a good team and we used to score goals. So my record for Paulies is I played 12 matches in the previous Sunday league and scored 31 goals. <laughs> <laughs> so I went, I, 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 went, I went on a run. <laughs> I was looking because my dad, funny enough, my dad, in my last season when I became a pro, he kept a record of every game I played, the date. Um, who we played against, home or away, and how many goals I scored. I'm looking at that before I came here, funnily enough, because I thought, well, I'll not probably produce my me, uh, me Premier League goal scoring record because that's probably not as impressive <laughs> as I can fucking produce my Sunday League. I went on a run of scoring 16 goals in um, four games. That's how I got my name like mentioned. And when I was playing for Deep in Rangers, I'd sort of, you know, you kind of feel like you maybe found your level a little bit because you're doing well. Okay, you're not maybe excelling, but... I was quite happy at that time, like being in the Deep and Rangers first team. That was my aspiration as a footballer. Of course, you, you dream of becoming a Premier League footballer. You know, it's every, every kid's dream. It was, it was my dream from the age of six. But like, would anybody thought that within six months that I'd be signed a three-year contract in the Premier League? And that's just mad. like, mad. honestly, when I look back, it's crazy mad how that, that came about. Just going back to that, that. Sorry, Chris. Just back. going back to that part-time job. Do they put... The milk with the longest date at the bar. It depends. It depends is, is, how you got, you got taught that, right? Whatever's out of date first, put it to the front for people just coming and picking the milk up. Yeah, it's, you, you're told as part of your job. You, you, you've got to. Sounds like a relative <laughs> basic. No, no, if you're putting stuff out on the shelves, the idea is to take all the stock off the shelf, put the best date stuff at the back, and then replenish the older days at the front. Sneaky. Absolutely. Yeah. Changing lives again, aren't we? Hey, so, there'll be no cost listeners getting any milk out that's going out of date in a couple of days. Right. Serious question. Do you always look at the date on milk? Yeah. 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 And I do you, at the back. You always at the back. Yeah. yeah. You're knocking other cartons off, right? Uh, You're all the way through. I'm just fly by, grab it, carry on. But, and, and as well, not many people know this, really, that, you know, the, the, the metal, the stacking things are in, whatever they're called, you know, where the milk's in. Yeah. You know, if you if you're struggling, there's one right at the back. You say, "Oh, I can't get that." The the uh, metal uh, things on a spring, so you can actually just lift them up, ping, 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 and then get to the back. Oh, my mind's oh. blown. Yeah, tell you what. <laughs> so next time you're in a supermarket and you see what, even if it's got nothing on it, you think, "Oh, well, that can't be moved." Just ping it up. It's on a bit of a. You, you, it's quite it's quite therapeutic to do that. <laughs> <laughs> see, you know when I was asking the question, you were like, "What the fuck?" No, no, I was no, no, no. no you yeah. do that next Life time in the supermarket. Lessons. Do yeah. that, and you go, "Oh, I can see that now. I can get I can get to that good date at the back because I know how to lift." <laughs> I'm going to get front local to me for taking shelves down. <laughs> <laughs> By so the way, you know, it's, well, it's taken deep in twenty years to replace you as well because Luke Steele's just signed. I've heard, yeah, as, as a natural goal scorer. I've heard, yeah, I listen to Luke's podcast and. You know, I think there was, it's quite funny when you, you listen back and people that you kind of, you know, maybe from the local area or things like that. And 
Yeah, you, you're telling me that he's up front for my old team. He's Deacon Rangers. <laughs> Deacon Rangers in my heart. Like I joined Deacon Rangers at under 14, like under 14s, 15s, 16s, 17s, 18s. I played in the, the B team, the A team, the reserve team, and the first team. Like Deacon Rangers was like everything. They, they taught me. Where it started. Like, yeah, everything. So yeah, to see like he's, he's now doing what mm. I did like all them years ago is quite funny, really. So were there no like sort of academy teams that don't like sniffing at... 13, no, 14 and... No, not really. The, the funny story is, my school teacher, a guy called Stuart Gray, uh, bless his heart, he's, he's passed away now. He was a football... He was a scout. My, my PE teacher at school, at secondary school, was a football scout. For who? For, he was for Bristol City and he did some scouting for Peterborough United as well. The local team. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, yeah. So you could probably say... I mean, I always think to myself when I, when I made it in football, I think, what must Stuart be thinking? Like, he was my PE teacher. <laughs> like, the one that got away. I don't, well, I don't know. Like, I spent... So he used to... Like, in, in PE, he just used to throw me a ball. He said, right, you organise the, 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 the matches and we'd, we'd play football. That's all we'd do at PE. And he would just go in. We'd never see him. And he'd just, like, trust us. And, like, I don't know. My dad always, my, my dad always used to say, so why didn't he, like, recommend you anywhere or anything like that? Um, yeah, it was just a bit of a it was a weird one that my school teacher for, for year, for like five years of my life, didn't think that maybe I was capable of making anything of myself. <laughs> and you know, since my dad used to reward me. So my dad had give me a fiver for every goal I'd score. Like at 18, like, yes, I was earning money at the supermarket and stuff like that, but a fiver a goal, I was like, that was like, oh, do you know what I mean? I was wanting to score week in, week out. What about for Paulies? Did they like an apple? Yeah, no, he did. An apple, yeah. an apple a goal? <laughs> no, no, the fiver a goal. So like, do you know what I mean? Like earning like a few hundred quid from my dad just by scoring goals. Cause he, he knew that if I was scoring goals regularly, they would, the, I'd have the headlines. Do you know what I mean? They'd always have a write up. And if I did well and score goals, then I'd have the headline. And I always used to remember watching the Premier League fixtures or, you know, when you'd open the newspaper. And I always used to dream, oh, I wonder one day if I could open and have a look at the fixtures. Because that's how you looked at the fixtures, wasn't it? And you see what the attendance was and things like that. You'd look in the newspaper. And I was thinking, wonder if I'd ever have my name one day. Christy there. Oh, wouldn't that be a, amazing? I used to see it in the, you know, deep in ranges or whatever. And that was my dream. It was like, oh, one day maybe I, I could get my name there. So it was just like, it was, it was, it was a total random, like how I got spotted because I played against this, it was a team called I United. And there was a defender that I played against. And like, I must've given him a run around to be honest. I don't know. Cause he ended up, he knew somebody who knew somebody else that recommended a, a guy called Bill Berry, who was just a local scout not for anybody really in particular he just used to do a bit of freelance if he spotted a player he'd like oh who, who do I think I can like put him into and it just so happened it was Nuneaton Borough that was the team that he ended up sort of spotting me for yeah I come off the pitch and there was this guy speaking to me wanting wanting to like go to Nuneaton Borough and I hadn't really heard, like Nuneaton Borough for me at the time you know I hadn't really heard I didn't even know where it was in the country no idea I remember looking at uh, getting the map book out when I got home I said, it's not too far away do you know what I mean it's commutable but for me to go from there it wasn't like a professional club it was semi-professional non-league you know to them to go into that environment or to sort of play a match from with them that was like oh my god like I remember think, looking them up and it was like god they play in the FA Cup they play in the FA Cup <laughs> so it really you really were that sort of not starstruck, but you really were like, fuck me, what's happening here? Yeah, because at Deepen Rangers, there was no crowd. Yeah, there was the pet, there was the families watching you. There was yeah. no, there was no like, oh, you know, the whole of Deepen came out to watch Deepen <laughs> Rangers, you know what I mean? So even for me to go to Nuneaton Borough and there'd be a, 
a stand or a crowd. Like, you know, somebody actually, there's gates to walk. You know what I mean? It was just like, that yeah. for me was, oh my God. People like, paying to watch you. Y- yeah. Yeah. It was like, that was like such a massive step for me. But when I look back, that that leap gave me everything that I needed to have the footing and the and the sort of give me the confidence to then go on into professional football. And like, I just remember just thinking, looking around and, and like walking out, you know, you we, we had a look. You, you walked out. You know what I mean? You, walk, you walked out when there was fans around you. Do yeah. you know what I mean? I just remember <laughs> you just get out to the back of a van. Like, and you like, were used to just walk. You know what I mean? Just things piss like, side of a van. Yeah. And just like that. <laughs> Put your on. And and just for me to to sort of to do that and to to hear to hear a, to hear a crowd. Yeah. Like I was a big football fan as a kid, but didn't go to many games as a kid, so hadn't really experienced what. It felt like to be a football fan. Even though I watched, I was a massive football fan. I didn't go to many games and watch and be experienced of how that sort of, the, the adrenaline of the crowd could feed into a player. So I was experiencing all that, like for the first time. It wasn't going to be any, it wasn't like I was going along there and suddenly they were going to sign me. I, I had to like prove me, I felt like I had to prove myself. So I like played, I, I played well and I scored goals and things. And then, and then like you talk, they're talking about like offering me a contract, a fucking contract. Do you know what I mean? I was pay. I was. My dad was paying to to play at Deeping Rangers. Then all of a sudden, what they're going to pay me to 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 play f- football? And I was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to sit down with you and you're just going to discuss a contract. And the 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 guy at the supermarket had just had a chat with me about potentially doing a trainee management course. Oh, decisions. So I was like, Ooh, I've done me two years business and f- yeah, I can see this. That could be a route through to me. And and I was like, Ooh. I'm not, I don't know. So anyway, we sat down, me and my dad sat down and Brendan went to a local pub and he said, I said, I've got a bit of a problem here, Brendan. I said, the supermarket, you know, they're offering me, you know, potential trainee management courses here. So it's all depending on what you're going to offer me here. Things like that. So he, he showed me it's £135 a match, £10 goal bonus. What were you earning at Supermarket? More. Yeah. More. So it was a little bit of a tough decision to do that. But Brendan said, look, Mally, he said, Whatever you were going to earn at the supermarket, I'll match it at the end of the month. So go back and tell me what you were earning the last few months at the supermarket. And regardless of this contract, I'll make sure that you earn the same amount. <laughs> Just imagine him beforehand. We need him. Tell him we'll match from a field. Tell him we'll match from <laughs> a field. Comical. Honestly, fucking out comical when you look back. You think, <laughs> what, so the, the club are going to pay you and he's going to pay himself? Uh, no, he was going to work. He was going to work it round. Whether it was a win bonus, yeah. it was going to be like yeah. inflated or a goal bonus or whatever. We put pen to paper on a on a like a year year contract. It was to to end that season. So when I was at the April, and it was for the next season as well. And what and sort of what sort of money are the rest of the team earning? I, I, absolutely no idea. Similar or don't know. No, wouldn't idea. have a clue. Well, and I'm still giving you a fiver. <laughs> At, at that level? No, he, no, no, he, t- he, he stopped at that thing. I think. So, so really, he made right. a, a £15 rise, really, because right. he was saving his fiver every month. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, no, the, the thing, my dad used to do the commuting. So, obviously, my dad was paying the petrol money because ah. it was like an hour and a half ride over to um, Nuneaton. So, it wasn't, the thing is, as well, to take that step, it wasn't like it was around the corner. Yeah. It was an hour and a half drive, yeah. like, on a Thursday night, matches and things like that. So, it was, it, it was, yeah, it was a bit of a gamble, but... But when I got there and I just like felt, you know, the smell of the match day and things like that, it was like infectious. Do you know what I mean? It was just like... Deep eat. Yeah, just everything and stuff like that. Because even before I had Deep in Rangers, like I didn't used to take a shower or anything like that. 
I, I was I was so naive in the men's game and like I was like, what there's men walking around here naked. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you do? I was like, I'm not getting like so you go home with muddy knees and stuff like that. So no, I'm having a bath at home. Just weird, do you know what I mean? I've never sort of acclimatized myself into men's football, even at that stage at the Neaton Borough. So I remember thinking, right, what do I do here? Okay. First game, I'm thinking, fuck it fucking everything off, get in the shower. I thought, you know what I mean? Just things like that. Straight away, I was like, I need to, you know what I mean? Climatise. And myself yeah. to, to sort of what might, might, might sort of develop on from there. And I think it was the first 12 games, I'd scored 10 goals, which at that level, you know, a young kid, 19, there wasn't many sort of young kids around, good central location, Nuneaton, the, the press of Nuneaton really, they had two local newspapers that used to write the headlines and the reports and things. And it was just like, from that moment on to the start of that season, that's where really where the fairy tale began. Did you, were you actually thinking, do you know what, I can kick on again from here? Because you, you're obviously yeah. so enthusiastic. Yeah. I mean, it comes across now that you were so enthusiastic yeah. about where you was. Yeah. Were you thinking, do you know, I'm, I'm, if I carry on like this, I'm going to yeah, be Yeah, definitely, definitely. Pro because, footballer. Because when you say like how enthusiastic and how quickly it went, the year, so rewind back a year when I'm playing for, for Deepin Rangers, I was a bit disillusioned with football at that time. I was, I couldn't really get into the first team at Deepin. I was in the reserve team and I was earning decent money as we spoke, decent money at the <laughs> supermarket. And I loved Manchester United, like, like, honestly, like from, from the age of sort of six or seven, when my dad bought me my first Man United kit, it was my dream to play for Manchester <laughs> United. So my bedroom, everything was was all about Man U. So when I was getting a bit of dis disillusion from football, I remember opening the Stamford Mercury one day towards the back, the classified ads. It was Manchester United supporters club, um, bus leaves from the Danish invader in Stamford. Anybody would like to, to to be part of the matchday squad, you can join the United Club and come and um, basically the bus took you to Old Trafford every weekend. I remember going to my dad and I went, dad, I've not been to Old Trafford before and you know how much I love Man U. I think I want to join this and and go to the matches every every weekend, be part of this. I'm earning decent money and, and things and, you know, I can, I'm still living at home. He went, don't do it. Don't do it, son. Honestly, don't do it. Stick to your football. And I say, like, I've never, I always my dad to thank for that because I was very close to not jacking football in. I would have still played it, but this was only a year ago. So you can imagine, fast forward a year, and my dad's fucking loving it. You know what I mean? Oh, my, I've made the decision for my son not to do that. And you're just going to travel up every home game and yeah, watch the game. Yeah. It was like what really at that stage of my life, like being a football fan, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to watch football. I wanted to be part of it. I wanted to be part of that feeling about being associated with a club, loving a football club and being part of that camaraderie of that. I ended up experiencing that as a footballer, not as a fan, which is weird mm, in some yeah. respects because I never experienced that growing up as a child coming from where I did in Stamford in Lincolnshire because there was no real big clubs and I didn't watch football. Even though I was a big football fan, it wasn't the adrenaline rush of going to watch matches wasn't there. So sort of fast forward in that a year later when suddenly Brendan come in, sheet of paper like that. He said, right, sit down, son. Yeah. Do you want me to tell you who's come to watch you today? Arsenal, Tottenham, Leicester, Coventry, Man U. Fucking hell. You think? Wow. Were you glad that he did that then? Yeah. Or Oh yeah, did that yeah. pick you up because that could. I think we've heard no. from other lads, haven't yeah. we? If they knew they were there, yeah. it said they'd be trying too hard. Or well, you, uh, probably you've got a flavour of where I've come from a little bit from my earlier childhood life and things. To hear that, oh my god, 
I was going out there and I was going to score. 100%. I was not not going to go out there and not score. It's so inspiring. And he knew that. Brendan knew that with me, that that he could tell me that. And, you know, I never sort of was playing a match and looking up to the standard thinking, oh, I wonder if he's a scout. And that. I just, like, I was so focused on football and, and trying to score. So after how long is this? And it's obviously yeah. good, 10 in 12 games. Yeah. After how long is he saying the scouts here? Probably after match six or seven games. It's, it's mad when you think, like, I'd played, like, at the start of the season, I only played, like, 12 games. Do you know what I mean? When you think Nuneaton Borough was such a big part of my story, it was such a short part of my story as well. Mm. I was only there the April and May, did the pre-season. I was there August, September, and I signed for Derby in the October. <laughs> it's mental. Do you know what I mean? It's just like gone from, from there. And like, and then, then I, like agents, football agents appeared. Like me and me, it was, it was me and me dad. It was me and me dad. Well, we've, already, we've already established he's a good negotiator. <laughs> yeah. So, so suddenly it went from football scouts to then after the matches, football agents, like people were, were trying to talk to me dad. And then we had this one guy who introduced himself. His name was, name was David Robinson, introduced himself. I'm a football scout. I, I can get you a move into the football league. And my dad was like, oh, how, how can you do that? Well, I can, I've got, I know this, 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 and this. And anyway, my dad did some research on him and he, he was, he was part-time agent, part-time stuntman. His name, his stunt name was David Glider, <laughs> and he'd done. He'd been the stunt man in like Coronation Street. So whenever they'd done any, it's um, not Mission Impossible, is it? No. Whenever they'd done any, <laughs> you yeah, know, I'm Bradley Honestly, when you look back, you think, God, where I ended up, like a few, you know, even eighteen months later. So we had this bloke, and he, he, he we ended up meeting him in in. Um, in a McDonald's service station, McDonald's. That's where he was going to talk to us and do his sales pitch as such of how, and he was like, uh, you know, sign with me, so, you know, one of these, so, and me and my dad were like, well, fucking hell, what, do we, do we sign with him or not? Like, and we just, we, we can't, just some, you know what I mean? As I've explained that was like, us part-time, he weren't like, he'd got like David Beckham, his move to Man U or it wasn't like one of them, was it? So just it was- Zipped his hand in. Yeah, it was like, and he was wanting me to sign and like, my dad was like, no, no, like, you know, honestly, he stalked us. <laughs> me, he got off, obviously in them days, you, your name was in the like phone book, wasn't it? So like the phone would be ringing constantly. My dad, it's him again, it's him again, it's him again. <laughs> so my mum said it once, he's just gonna have to, Bill, you're gonna have to answer the phone. You're gonna have to answer it. So he spoke, <laughs> he spoke to him on the phone, I think he was on the phone to him for like three hours. Couldn't not, you know, we were trying to drop a shoulder on this bloke. We couldn't not get rid of him. And then he's turned up at the doorstep, found our address somehow, fucking knock at the door. Like, look, and my dad had to just tell him, so please leave us alone, leave us alone. Like let, let us, like we've, we've got this far, pretty much on our own, yeah. you know, let us kind of make that next step forward. So. Do you remember the day you found out that there's been an offer for you? Yeah, I was, re I was reading it in the newspapers, but what the club did, they were really clever. Um, Brendan knew somebody at Tottenham Hotspur. So he got me a trial at Tottenham Hotspur. It was just me going along training, just so he raised my profile. Ah. Clever what he did. So all the press were like, Malcolm Chris is on trial at Tottenham Hotspur. Basically, he just rang his mate at Tottenham and just got me training with a load of youth team players. Oh. <laughs> Right. So I went along there proper. I was out my debt there a bit. I was staying in hotels in London. I was getting picked up by a guy, a goalkeeper called Alan Marriott. He was a goalkeeper, young Tottenham goalkeeper. He's picking me up from the hotel. 
And I was like, I've never done anything like this. I've never been really been away from home. Do you know what I mean? So then uh, they dropped me in a, in a hotel and I was going in and just, just training with these young lads at Tottenham. Went there for three days, come back, fucking all over the press. Malcolm's on trial at Tottenham Hotspur. You know, I was like, oh yes, I'm fucking trying on Tottenham Hotspur here. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so again, straight away, that sort of it created a little bit of, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's clever, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. So again, exactly the same. Knew somebody at Leicester City, but the difference at Leicester was that like we're at Tottenham, it was just a bit of a, you know, raise your profile a bit. T uh, Leicester were actively looking to sign me. Every we were player. Leicester at the t time. They were Premier League. Right. Uh, Martin O'Neill was a manager. Remember Ian Marshall was a centre forward. So it must, yeah, it was around that sort of Heskey. So I was training with their first team players and I, I played in a reserve match at Filbert Street against Sunderland. Um, we won 1-0 and I scored the only goal. And I was like, fuck But they couldn't no. contain you, could you? I mean, you're talking about walking out <laughs> at Nuneaton and you're walking out at Filbert Street. Filbert Street, Street yeah. Fucking... Like, you know, playing in a Premier League stadium and like scoring the winning goal in it as well. And I remember I played really well as well. I think thinking, fucking done it. Done it. There you go. I remember, I think, oh, you know. Signing for Leicester tomorrow. Yeah, that's it. I thought, I've done so well with Nuneaton. I've trained really well. I've played a match. Ah, oh, fucking hell. Wow, I said. I remember feeling so, oh, so excited after that Leicester City match. Martin O'Neill came into the changing room afterwards. Fucking Martin O'Neill, <gasps> Premier League manager. <laughs> wow, he said, "I'd like a word with your son." Fucking <laughs> pulled me in the the um, back office. Um, just sat straight. He said, "Well done, well done." He said, um, "Thought you played well." He said, "We'd like another look at you." I was like, oh, honestly, like I know I probably at the time should be thinking, you know, I felt like straight away the life drained out of me. I was like, bloody hell, what do you have to do here? Like, <laughs> like I know that probably looking back now, like I maybe just maybe a lot got a little bit carried away because I was riding such a crest yeah. of a wave and like, of course there was no give me that they were going to sign me. There was a contract there on the Do you know what I mean? Exactly. So maybe I was just like, maybe got a little bit ahead of myself there. And I was like, I came away from that experience and my dad said, it'll happen for you, son. Honestly, just, it will happen for you. And um, Derby County, Ended up ringing me, I think it was a couple of days later, they had a reserve match against Boston United at Boston. I played crap, I played shit. I couldn't, I couldn't hold, trap a bag of sand, to be honest. Didn't score, didn't play particularly well. My dad rang me the next day, um, said, Brendan's been on the phone. Yeah, Derby County want to sign you. You're joking? Yeah, no, they want, they want to sign you. They want to sign you. So this was the day after the, the, the reserve game I've played. Me, sleep, I had a bit of a sleepless night because it was like, that's a chance. You're thinking that's a chance yeah. gone. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was, that was my chance gone. Luckily it turned out that they'd sent scouts pretty much the whole of the way through the season there. So it wasn't like they were just judging me on that one match, that one performance. They might've saw something. It happened. And like, I never, ever, ever looked back from that moment to then, you know, going over to Pride Park and signing for Derby the, the next day. Get ready for this one. I like, this is a new one, ladies and gentlemen. ElitePompetitions.co.uk Good voice. Like it. And what we got? Th this is unbelievable, by the way. I've had a look on the website. Daily competitions. And they're not, they're not, it's, not like a, it's not like our tambola. These happen for a start. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the prizes that they give away are unbelievable. Like Range Rovers. Holidays. Holidays. Seven grand cash, 30 grand cash. Yeah, take that, like take a, that. Just a gimme. Well, you've got to enter, like, they'll give, if you win. What Rolex watches. Rolex watches, like, unbelievable prizes. Tickets for... Les Mis. Mar no, tickets for marquee sporting events. Yeah. You can win them. 
And the, I think the entry levels is like from 99p. Right. Up to some of them uh, might be 100 quid, but you've got a chance of winning big. I mean, you're rocking up with your arm down on a, on a McLaren, going picking kids up. Bucket list job. They're like, fucking hell, John's doing all right for himself, isn't he? <laughs> Little do they know. Little do they know he's entered. I'll wait with fuck all. I'm, un, I'm unlucky, honestly. I'm oh, unlucky. Lucky but... John. Mm, very unlucky. I mean, um, I, I know someone who, who enters a lot of these sort of things, and and I shit you not, he has won four cars. I'm a, I don't know if it's with this company. Somebody who I know has won four cars and approximately a hundred and twenty thousand pounds. Bloody hell! Remarkable. Sign me up. You get twenty five percent off. Go to elitecompetitions.co.uk. Enter the code Kosh twenty five. Yeah, we've got. How does that sound, Chris? Offer twenty five percent off your entries when you when you just go over to the website, like you said, elitecompetitions.co.uk. Sign up with that code Kosh twenty five. Not let me finished. Way up. There's more. There's more. He can't actually drive. (laughs) (laughs) No one kidding. No one kidding. He can't drive. Well, the links in the description. Elitecompetitions.co.uk. Links in the description. Get yourself involved. Twenty five percent off them entries. You want to see me rocking up in a speedboat next week? <laughs> Where do you live? I'm orange. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. Three hours from the beach. A bloody big paddling pool. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm all over this because I, I, I like shit like this. Did they, did they pay money for you? They paid 55 grand up front, which was dropping the ocean for a Premier League team. I think they just sold... Christian Daly uh, to Blackburn Rovers, I think, for like 5.75 million, I think, month before. So, you know, I'm sure they had a little no bit risk, of risk. Really, to Neaton, I imagine 55 grand yeah. is a hell of a lot of money. A lot of money. Probably pays for the season, maybe. Yeah, a huge amount of money for Neaton. And there was there was other things tied in there. So if I played, if I played, made my Premier League debut, another 25 grand. Uh, I've played another certain amount of games, another 25 grand. So I think all in all, there was potential there for about 130 grand fun and eating, which as you said, for a non-league club and for somebody that they'd paid, I don't know how many quid they'd paid me up until that point, a few thousand pounds, was was a dream come true yeah. for them. So for me to then, you know, go over to Pride Park and like go in the offices there, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. It was like, it was it was all a whirlwind. Did you dad your urgent again? Well, no, but by that... Not the stunt man. No, <laughs> it was an ex-player. It was an ex-player and there's a story here. Right. So this ex-player, I can't mention names because there was there was something that happened a few years later that that tell us after that uh, <laughs> that I'll talk to you after. So we were, we were using this this ex-footballer as a consultant for the deal. So we get to Pride Park, get in the offices, meet Keith Loring, Derby chief executive, and uh, Keith uh, Pickering as well. He was the uh, the secretary. So we go in the office, and before we went in there, agent goes right. If I shut my briefcase and walk out, you follow me. Right, okay. Have we got an understanding that that's happening? I was like, yeah, of course, absolutely. We'll, we'll do that. Me and my dad like, fucking We were doing the negotiation in the fucking pub like uh, a few months ago, weren't we, for the Neaton Borough. So he must know what he's doing because he's been an ex-player. <laughs> right, that's what we do. Anyway, got in there. So bang, contract gets put down. He looks at it. Right, okay. Yeah, 
right, okay. Fucking puts it to one side. Fucking briefcase goes down. Oh, no. Not, not first offer. No, <laughs> yeah. oh, no. Briefcase goes down. I look at me down. I think, fuck, we're, we're leaving here. So <laughs> up he goes. <laughs> and off out he goes. That's the signal. <laughs> so, so me and my dad were like looking at each other. Bear in mind, I'd seen what it said, as in money and length of contract. I'd seen it because it was he was sat in front of me. And I was like looking, I was thinking, licking my lips going, ooh, <laughs> right, this is all right. So it, it was £800 a week and it was 35 grand signing on fee and 35 grand loyalty bonus if I was there at the end of the season. I can just imagine your stomach dropping. He's going to shut the briefcase. I remember looking at the number. I looked at the numbers and I'm like, fucking where's the pen? I was like, where's the fucking pen? But instead of that, we were out. We'd walked, we'd walked out and me and my dad were like... So did you get up and walk out then? Yeah, we walked out. Me, me and my dad and my agent, it wasn't really my agent. I was like consulting for us. Anyway, we walked, and my dad went, what are we doing? He, he, went, he went, it's nowhere near enough. He said, and, me, and, and my dad went, well, what are you looking for then? He went, no idea, but, but that... That's, <laughs> he, went, he, went, he went, no idea, but more than that. <laughs> he, went, he went, don't worry, they'll be in touch. So you've actually left the... Left yeah, we'd, we'd, we'd left the offices at the time. The, the, the chief executive and the secretary, they couldn't fucking believe it. No right. buys? Did you say buy or anything? Or not really, not really. We were out. <laughs> we were out. Before we were in, we were out. Honestly, it was, it was, I wish we'd have filmed it. It was like comical. <laughs> so we got out and my dad was like, well, that didn't, that didn't kind of feel right. So he said, they'll be in touch. Well, like, I was desperate at the time to be a footballer. Do you know what I mean? If it had said, I'm probably doing it for free. I'd probably assigned it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If, if that if it meant that I was going to be a professional footballer, so so basically it's worth pretty much hundred and ten grand a year, then, isn't it? Well, you you sign on for your bonus, it's hundred and ten grand, so you're on two just over two grand a week, really. Went from non-eating yeah. to a Premier League football. Hundred and thirty-five yeah. quid, and it was a three-year contract as well. Three-year contract, and we'd walked away from that. And I remember thinking, "Fuck, this ain't right." And my dad went. Uh, and the and the agent ended up dropping us back off where we'd meet, met him. We met him at a service station just off the M1. We met him, we dropped off and he drove off. He said, don't when they get back in touch, I'll ring you. Like, anyway, so my dad rang Brendan, the manager, and Brendan already know, knew what happened because the agent had rang him. And he was like, "What? You, what's got, right, stay there, stay there. I was like, right, okay, um, I'm coming over. Obviously it was a Leicester service station. Brendan was from the Leicester area. And Brendan said, I've rang the club. We're going back. <laughs> I'm going back. Yeah, stay in your car. Stay there. Stay there. So Brendan drove over. We got in his car. We drove to Pride Park. We got in the office. He said, let's have a look at that contract. Yep. You happy with that? Yep. Happy with that? Yep. Okay. Sign. Boom. So you signed the original contract that they showed you first? Yeah, I wasn't. I'm not going to negotiate. Yeah. Listen, yeah. I... I'd played 12 games in the Doc Martens Premier Division. I was playing for my son, my brother's fruit and veg company a few months earlier. I was, that was fine. That yeah. was fine. I, I know it were fine, but you, obviously they have gone in as low as they can. You might be able to, you might have been able to get a little bit more. I wasn't from bothered the at the time. To the Premier I, was, I wasn't bothered. Year old. I wasn't, at the time, Parky, I was, it wasn't, it was, that it wasn't about the money. Yeah. Fair, uh, yeah, it, get, was, it, was, it was for my agent that was there. And now, I, like I say, I don't know. What, what, was he th what was he thinking? I mean, what was he thinking? He was thinking, right, Premier League, going into the Premier League striker. What was he thinking? Money was good at the time. Yeah. yeah, it was decent money at the time. I don't know what he was thinking. Was he thinking three or four grand? I don't know. I've no idea what he was thinking. He, he obviously saw it was less than a grand and thought, not interested in that. Yeah. So, but for me, 
fucking hell, it was a lot of money. Like so your, your priorities, well. your priorities yeah. aren't the contract. Are no, they, they, were, they were. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't League. about. It wasn't about the contract. It was about. <laughs> but it was by about, the way, it's actually a really good contract. In what year was this? Nineteen ninety-eight. Ninety-eight. So you're on hundred, two hundred, two grand a week at, in ninety-eight at yeah. nineteen. Effectively. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they did. So after we signed it, he said, "Look, you know." This is the contract. This is the contract that we offer all the, 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 what we see as you as, is a reserve player. I wasn't taken aback by that. I wasn't expected to go in there as a first team player. And it was also something for me. There was a bit of security there as well. It's three years. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't going in there with a year and thinking, oh, I hope they don't find me out within a year yeah. and I've, still, I've got nowhere to go. So for me, that was, that was incredible that I was like doing that. And like Brendan did so much for me. He, he was, he was the one that created everything. He got the contacts in there and he got the deal done as well. It sounds like the way the agent's gone about it would have gotten their backs up, the club secretary, the chief exec and stuff. You know, the way that's he's just went... That's why we have to do it. That's why, we, that, that's why Brendan knew straight away we had to get back there. Yeah. We've got to get yeah. back there. You know, we can't leave it because, you know, hang on, he's, he's a bit of an arsehole. Yeah. I mean? None of that. I don't know, they must have thought me and my dad were right proper fucking arseholes. <laughs> do you know what I mean? The way that we got up, it was, you know, they weren't to know that it was all fucking flat. Yeah, just uh, just no, no buy, just uh, yeah. none of the air. <laughs> In unison as the as the briefcase. I'm driving away from Pride Park and seeing it in my rear view mirrors are driving around singing, oh no, what, like, what am I doing? What hey, am I doing? Jeez. Do you know what I mean? It's like crazy that, when that, you think back. That goes again to agents just been, a lot of them just been assholes. I don't know. You know, even if we'd have stuck with him, you know, I might have gone back the next day and I might have been signing a five grand a week. I don't yeah. know. But, but there was there was no way that when Brendan found Risk. out what went on, we've got, this is a dream move for everyone yeah. concerned. You know, my family, me, Brendan, you know, to have the exposure for him to get a player into the Premier League, you know, for Derby as well. It was a good, and it was a good story as well. Do you know what I mean? It was a good, it was a good story when I got in and everyone was like, oh, do you know what I mean? It's, that's a nice story, isn't it? Like guy came from a supermarket and this, that and the other. And it was just, it was nice, refreshing. What were your, like your first week as a professional mm. footballer? Because professional footballers are fucking a weird bunch. Yeah. Well, you, you, it must've been like a rabbit headlights thinking, what the fuck are these people here? Weird, yeah. I mean, I turned up in my, my dad was still driving me obviously at the time. Didn't, I, I had a C-Reg um, Ford Fiesta, um, which was about f 17 years old, <laughs> manual. Um, <laughs> my dad had a G-Reg Champagne Gold Ford Sierra Estate. That was an automatic, so it was better to drive. <laughs> but that was 10 years old as well. That was 10 years old in 98, so. Champagne Gold. I'll never forget it. It's like, automatic because, because I, I did so many, so many trips, I, I drove over to Nuneaton, Nuneaton in it. I remember thinking, oh, it's mint because it was quick. Do you know what I mean? I was used to driving my Fiesta and I drove this, this Sierra and it, oh God, this is, this is proper luxury, this. Automatic <laughs> as well. And um, we turned up in the training ground in, that, in my dad's car. And again, naive, just thinking, and I remember driving in, I think, oh, it's nice cars in here, isn't there? Should, Dad, should I sort of get it right? Park, park over here. <laughs> don't put this in the Don't park, don't, park, don't go too far down. Just right, come in, <laughs> do a left turn now and I'll get out of here. <laughs> so like, he used to wait for me at the end of the, the car. Cause I didn't have a seat. Like I was like, bring me in the, and, and again, like what, what, what football, what do you wear? What do you wear as a footballer? <laughs> like, and I was like, Thinking suit. Track, uh, track suit. 
Yeah, that is, footballers wear tracksuits, don't they? Do you <laughs> know what I mean? I thought, right, so I bought myself an Umbro tracksuit, Umbro wash bag. I had a Nike tracksuit and I had a Kappa tracksuit as well. You know the Kappa? Yeah. We had the yeah. had a blue, like not, electric not blue one. Pants. They weren't poppers, were they? No, no. <laughs> they so I, had, well. I had like three tracksuits and I remember turning up and like, oh, fucking no one wears tracksuits. Everyone's like dressed like they're going out to dinner. You know, really smart and like, why are people dressing like that? Footballers wear tracksuits, don't they? <laughs> and I just, you know, it was just things like that. Yeah, a little bit naivety of me. And uh, to be honest, I wore a tracksuit for about the first two years that I was there. I went in and I didn't, I, was, I found it really hard to change. Like to sort of mold from this young naive kid who went in there. I was like not used to a real proper football dressing room, the banter and everything like that. And I was like, year, would like years behind with all that. I was going to say, how did you get on with that? Because it's ruthless, the ruthless. Yeah, it, like my mum and dad like brought me, you know, to respect everybody. And like, I remember like being in the chest changing room and like someone like had a go. I was like, you can't say that. I was in my head. Like, I, wasn't, I wasn't out loud. I was like, you can't say that. And I was thinking, oh, it must be feeling, oh, poor lad. Like, you can't. And he said it again. I'm like, oh, well, like, they're not going to start on me now, are they? You think you were getting bullied? I don't know. It was just like, it was banter, it's banter, isn't it? But like, and I was thinking, oh, God, I don't want, I don't want it to be me. Because what am I going to say back? I can't have a go at them. <laughs> so you're like almost going, like, I, I felt myself very quickly. And it was hard, it's hard to sort of talk uh, uh, kind of about that. I kind of found myself getting in a little bit of a shell straight away with that. Because I didn't really want people to, like, because you go in, you know what the banter's like in the dressing room, you know, you'd have stuff hung up, you'd have, you know, your socks cut out and stuff like that, or trainers hung up. And I was like, I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want to be that player. I, I just want to stay quiet in my corner and stuff. And, or oh, if someone's having, well, let's have a little bit of a laugh. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. I was thinking, oh, you know, you know, I want to put my arm around you because you're like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So it was like, it was, it was straight away from sort of day one. It was, it was a weird transition. I found that really, really hard because I wasn't in a football environment ever growing yeah, up. Yeah, I think, I think if you if you join as a, a YT or whatever, you you sort of learn how it is as He's your dead. YT is all with your, your your pals at the same age. And you're frustrating. Yeah, dairy aisle straight into the dressing. Room. Yeah, See, I'd, have been, I'd have been fetching milk at cartons in and that and putting them yeah. on your bags and stuff like that. <laughs> it, it, it was, and like you know, what I mean, and and I, but in the same respects, for me to be sitting alongside. I was awestruck as well. You know what I mean? I was like, I remember the first ever training session, we did We did some, used to do patterns of play at the baseball ground. Are you training with the first team straight yeah, away? Yeah, straight away. So I was like, boom. It wasn't like trying to find your feet. It was straight away. I remember the first training session I ever did was on a Thursday. We did the patterns of play for the Saturday match and I got paired up front with Paolo One Shop. <laughs> Fucking hell, I'm up front with one shop here. <laughs> okay, right, oh, yeah. I don't, I'll never forget it as well. Because by that, at that stage as well, I was kind of fearless as well, a little bit with my football. Like maybe that got kicked out of me a little bit when I got proper professionally trained because you've got to do this. We've oh, got to hold the ball up, haven't you? Yeah. Oh no, you can't, you can't do that. Oh no, you're not allowed to do that. But I remember the first training session, the ball dropped and I, I did a Rabona through to, put my Paolo one shot through, clean one-on-one, -on -one, did a Rabona. <laughs> I don't remember he come over to me and give me a high five. I thought, fucking made it here. Mate, I, might, I, might, I might be up front for Saturday. Do you know what I mean? It was just like, it was, it was strange because like one shop for me, he was like a bit of a Derby hero, wasn't he? And, and he, he was a little bit hero for me because one shop was it the season before 97. He announced himself at Old Trafford, didn't he? 
Like was, I was a big Man yeah, U fan, yeah. so to see one chop score that goal at Old Trafford when he dribbled through, went put through it past, everybody. Yeah, he went through everybody, didn't he? And he right footed it in the corner past Schmeichel in the Stretford end. Which, I mean, I was always a little bit envious, and I was like, I'm playing with the man who who scored at Old Trafford. Do you know what I mean? It was just like it's proper. I was proper green at the time. I was just so happy that I was playing when, and training. You know, you talk about going into the dressing room and and being uneasy with it, with everything. Yeah. When it gets to going out on the training pitch, I've in terms of self-doubt, is it on there? Because to do a Rabona in one of your first training sessions. No, that that was my release because yeah. I was probably suffering a little bit off the pitch with that transition more than I probably admitted at the time. Did you have many There's, conversations with Jim Smith? No, not really. Not even not when I saw, I didn't meet Jim. I met him like on the training pitch. He came in when I played in practice match. He came in the dressing room afterwards. So he was there watching that. Um, but didn't really, I've never really had a conversation with Jim wasn't one. He wasn't that mm. sort of manager. I didn't really need that. I think he just let me get on with it a little bit. Um, he kind of developed into more of a father figure for me when I got into the first team as such, but did never feel the need to to have conversations with me. When he did, it was just a bollocking, basically. <laughs> it was, Cheers, Jim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can, you know, count a few times where, he, you know, he's called me in his office and like straight away, Malcolm can I have a word. Fucking hell, his heart beats like that because he was, everyone fucking scared of him. I mean, I can clock that straight away at the club. So you'd be training and training session would be going really, really well zippy you know passing right and then all of a sudden people will start fucking falling over the ball or giving it away I say, yeah, fucking, what's going on here i look around and i think fucking jim's coming over everyone shit themselves honestly the training standard everyone like tried too hard because he was like a cluffy even the experience yeah lads. yeah i've seen players crumble in training because jim stood on the sideline yeah honestly he would fucking crucify you he would proper crucify you well, how did you feel after your first fucking um that I didn't want another one. And I, I think that's how he, how he managed that if you got one, like no way am I getting another one. What we like, you know, obviously really enthusiastic about football. And mm. so, you know, when you're on the coach, long coach trip, are you like talk, asking players questions about football? You know, no, like, I was the opposite. What you were sweat quiet. Yeah. Not like, you know, like you could have been a, oh, tell us about that. Tell us about No, that. I was very quiet. Very introverted. It's, it's strange because it, there's kind of a contradiction there of how you behave within the social environment and but then when you got on on the field yeah the, did you just play without fear because i imagine you know we talked about the piss taking and everything if you'd have done that rabona mm. and, and cocked it up i imagine you're getting a lot of stick yeah. for that as well but you're disassociating i ended up the two parts like, yeah i ended up that was like two sides of me and and like I say, if you, if you speak to anybody who, who knew me from from then they'd say i'm oh, very introverted very quiet didn't really say a lot and things and I look back and think that wasn't really me. And I just wish, wish if I could change anything about myself in that time was just to be myself. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just to be, just, and if, do you know what I mean? If I got the piss taken out of me, yeah. it doesn't matter. Not mm. worry how footballers no, behave, just no, behave no. like yourself. And, that, and, and that's hard for me to say because that affected me for a number of years. That's easier said than done. It is, it is, it is, absolutely. And, I never was myself. And that's how, you know, I never, never was myself really when I look back. I think you made a good point though. It sounds like you didn't take that on the pitch with you though. Yeah. You kind of... No, that, I say... Could be I yourself. I think if, 
if I had have done that, I just wouldn't have made it. I wouldn't have made the person that I was and the player that I ended up becoming. But football for me was just that release. I loved when we got on the pitch and you could, yeah, you had a bit of a laugh and a bit. And I just struggled to connect off the pitch because I just didn't feel, I know this, you know, you look back, there's something called you know, like imposter syndrome, really, when you sort of, you're not kind of feel like you belong in. And I think because things happened for me quite quickly and so fast that I never mentally adjust. Physically, I could. No problem. You asked me to run there. You asked me to do a chronic and finishing session. Pass a book. Could do all that. But the, the mentality of being a footballer and stuff, like I struggled with. Really did. Mm. Yeah. I speak about your debut. Yeah. So were you there three three months? Tra were you just training, playing the reserves and then got yeah. your chance? I got my chance at Sheffield Wednesday. So I was in, I was like around the squad. It, it was funny as well because I ended up on the bench in the November. So I signed in the October there was a depletion of the squad due to injury. And I found myself on the bench at Anfield. In the Premier League? In the Premier League. I could not bloody believe it. <laughs> I expected to go in there and maybe a year, 18 months, you know, find my feet, just quite happy being there. Maybe even loaned out, being such... Yeah, exactly. Young maybe guys. being loaned out and stuff. But in the November, there was that many injuries. I was on the bench at Anfield. Like, oh my God, wow, wow. And then anyway, a few months later, I ended up making my debut. And I just remember thinking... Like I've done it, I've I've done it. I've played in the Premier League. I never, do you know what I mean? I was like, so as a kid, that's really what was my dream to do. And like, I came off the bench at, at, at Hillsborough against Sheffield Wednesday, and just I was so happy. Like to 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 play in the Premier League when I was such a big football fan. I'd seen nearly every goal and every game of the Premier League that ever existed. Do you know what I mean? Watched it all the way through, and for me, just to know that I'd played in the Premier League was like incredible. Cernicek, Pavel Cernicek got sent off. So I was running through, got played through, not the ball past Cernicek. He came like Kung, Kung Fu karate, kicked me, got sent off. So I was like, you know what I mean? It was like, not, I didn't score, but I'd sort of felt like, you know, you could watch match of the day it. back and like, I was there. So, and then it went through a little bit of a in and out and stuff like that. And I just bided me time. And then obviously I, I made my name my full debut was against Middlesbrough at the, the Riverside um, for Derby when we were struggling really at the time. We went there and we won we won 4-1 and I scored two goals on my, my full debut in the Prem. So it was everything that, you know, I'd worked at, you know, from being sort of six years of age, the dream to do that, to play. I mean, I'm, I never forget my mum and dad were in the crowd. I was just so, I was so pleased for my mum and dad, you know what I mean, that I could you know, celebrate with them. My, my, my second goal that I scored, you know, it was in front of the Middlesbrough fans, uh, sorry, the, the the Derby fans. I saw my mum and dad when I just like, I can't imagine, you know, being a dad my, myself, you yeah. know what I mean? The emotion that they must have been feeling. Mm. Knowing, knowing the journey that I'd been through to get to that stage, yeah. to do that and look down on their son. It's, I don't know, it's just weird, isn't it? And you're thinking, oh, wow, what a feeling that is. Dropped to my knees. I remember doing a bit of a knee slide. Um, you know, and that the reason why I did a knee slide is it took me back to about a year before we went on a, a trip to the Belfry. What's that? Uh, there's like a nightclub at the Belfry. Oh, I know what you mean. I was hoping you were going to know it. I can't <laughs> think of it. But there's a nightclub at the Belfry. So we went there for like a golfing trip with a club, Jim Smith and that went. And I forget, we all had a, a few drinks and, and pissed and stuff on the dance floor. And like, I ended up doing a knee slide whatever stupid knee slide across the dance floor and I remember finishing my knee slide looking up and fucking Jim Smith's looking down at me fucking shaking his head 
I didn't know he was there. <laughs> I didn't know it was busy pack nightclub. And I remember some of the lads going, oh, fucking knee slide, knee slide. So I just knee slid. Like I said, I just looked up. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Did he just shake his head? Yeah, he just like looked down, fucking beer glass, just like shook his head. And I was like, and, I, and then when I scored the first goal, it was quite funny because I ended up doing a knee slide. And that just sort of, yeah, reminded me of that time when, uh, when I did it in front of Jim. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Were there any other players in that dressing room in them early days that sort of were under their wing? No, I was like, I was just like, not really. I was, I was like relative. The lads in the dressing room would have thought, kind yeah, of a bit of a weirdo. Prob- probably, probably, yeah. Like, oh, he's a bit quiet or he's a bit like, oh, where did he, you know what I mean? I, I come from nowhere. It wasn't like I had a reputation and things. And you know you know what it's like if you, if you sign in there as a, as a, you know, I didn't really sign into Middlesbrough as a, like a marquee big signing and I never felt. I should have done. So we'll probably talk about later, but you know, I, there was there was no expectation of me, so I don't think that I wasn't, as you said there. You know, should I have been the one to go right? Just tell me about you know, pull one of the experienced players to one side. I was just sort of sitting back and just watching it. I was I was very absorbing. observant, yeah, absorbing stuff in and things like that, and you know, just trying to think how do how do people act? And you know, I remember the first. So I signed in that October, and the Christmas party, the first Christmas party that came oh. in that December was to Dublin. And it was organised, like Daryl Powell had organised it, Igor Stimak had organised it, and they wanted all the young kids to come. And they were the, the first team players were going to pay for the young kids to come. Well, oh, nice. Anyway, so, all right, okay. Oh, oh, we're flying over there. I'd never been in an aeroplane. I'd never, at the age of, what was it, nine, I'd never flown an aeroplane before. So I remember turning up East Midlands Airport and there was one of these propeller players. Oh, fucking hell, oh my God. The first flight, it was like this like, <laughs> thing that was bouncing up and down. <laughs> But I mean, it was, it's a bit of a blur that trip, but all, one thing I can remember, like Igor Stimak down in shots of whiskey and smoking. I remember being so disappointed. How can a, fo- how can a footballer smoke? <laughs> I remember, <laughs> Ste- I remember there was Stefan, <laughs> Stefan Snore as well was in a, and he was smoking as well. And I just remember thinking, really disappointed that these players that I sort of held in such high esteem. You're how, still looking at it from how, a fan's perspective. In yeah, a way. probably. Yeah, I, I would say so. I was thinking, you can't, you can't smoke. Do you know what I mean? What, what are you doing? Like, and yeah, it was just a bit of a, but again, it was that whole experience, wasn't it? Okay. Just seeing footballers outside of a club environment and, and like enjoying themselves and, and letting the hair down and, oh, how do you act when you're a bar? Do you, you know, what, what do you do? You know, so it was all like, it's like, it was just, I was trying to wing it a little bit to be perfectly honest with you and just trying to get through it the best way that I could. Weird. How long did the Sea Reg Escort Fiesta last? Not long. So the did, thir- you, did you think, fuck it, I'm going to have a bit of a blowout? Well, the 35 grand dro- obviously dropped into me account. And then what was the first thing, obviously, that I needed was a car. So and a couple I, of tracksuits. I was like, yeah, tracksuits are sorted. I was living at home, so I didn't really want for anything. Um, so. Again, we were like, right, what, what do we, I can't go too extravagant, obviously, although I would have liked to, but I couldn't anyway, because it was like, it's not much really I could have 
yeah, you could have bought something nice, but it would have washed it all away. So uh, me and my dad, we drove over to Motor Point in Derby. So I went round, I saw a Ford Puma, manual grey. Manual. Manual <laughs> grey Ford Puma. I think it was a 1.2 litre, 10 grand, Irish import. That was my first car that I bought myself. I, and I loved it. I, I, I thought I was king Dog's dick. Bollocks. Yeah. Do you know the first place where I went when I bought it? I went to Pride Park and I bought myself a Derby County car sticker and I stuck it in the back window. Did you? Yeah. Why? Because I was so <laughs> proud that I was a footballer. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I bet the fans love you when you're I, pulling up. But then I turned, but then obviously I turned up in the, in the, in the car park and I, used, and I thought, and I'm thinking, why has no one else got a car sticker in the, <laughs> in the fucking thick window? Why is it just me? <laughs> you know I mean? That's it. That, honestly, that was like, like... For the rest of the lads, that's the last thing that you want in your car. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I look back there and I'm like, oh my God. You'd like, two what, was I, what was I thinking? Do you know what I mean? But I was so... Not long, yeah. not long. No, it was like, I fucking need to get this off. Need to get this off. Think, it wasn't think, fun. You know, it was one of them ones where you couldn't get the fucker off. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't an easy peeler. So it was like, oh, but it I was just things- I told you in your arsehole. Yeah, I, I know, I know. But at the t yeah, I think, I think they realised it was a bit green. So they like, they kind of left me alone a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, honestly, things like that were just- Imagine being in the club shop. I'm, I'm sure Arnold Centre Forward's just been in for a Derby County stick. No. <laughs> might not be, it must look like him. But. No, well, they didn't, they didn't recognise me. They didn't recognise me in the club shop. So I'd gone in there with my mum, right? Because we, my mum and dad and me had been to buy the car from Motor Point. So then we went into the Derby County club shop. When I signed, they said all players get 20% off purchases, <laughs> right? So obviously I said to my mum, I went, mum, I don't think they're going to recognise me here. So I don't really want to go and embarrass myself by going to the till and asking for 20% off. Would you do it for me, mum? So she went, right, okay. So you still, so you still wanting, you still 40, wanting pen, the 40, 40 pence off this two pound sticker? <laughs> no, but me mum and dad had baskets of stuff. That mum and dad bought everything, literally. They were so proud. Do you know what I mean? For yeah. mum and dad, where I come from, not to suddenly they could go in a, like Nuneaton Borough had a shed. <laughs> like deep in ranges, you couldn't buy any memory. Like suddenly I was a player and this is where my story is quite like, I don't know, it's like quite good in some respects that, that we were so green in all of that, that my mum and dad would go, you could buy the polo shirts with Derby County on it. Like I bought myself a replica shirt as well. Not at that visit. I bought myself, I wanted to feel like, <laughs> like, I don't know, I wore a Man United shirt all my life, right? So if I was going to suddenly be a player at another club, I had to have the shirt. I had, to, and I had to wear the shirt and look down on it and feel like I was part of that that team that I was watching on the telly that I was still as a young as, as a relative young person in football I bought the shirt and I wore it at home do you wear it at, at home? at home yeah yeah. no but, nights out no nights out no, <laughs> no I wore it underneath <laughs> no but that's that's the thing That's and that's how like I just want people to understand because obviously I've got my autobiography coming out I just want people to understand like all the stuff that, that that was in and around that at that time, do you know what I mean? Falling, I fell in love with with my football club. Yeah. I disassociated myself with Manchester United in some respects, and I needed to fall in love, not just being a footballer, but falling in love with a football team because I was such a massive football fan. You don't, you, I know it's easy for me to say that. I know that every footballer is, but honestly, I was, and I so desperately wanted to fall in love with with my team. 
It's, it's the example the, the example of the polar opposites of coming through the football academy and coming in as a fan. I, yeah, I, I think is yeah exactly. And to, for me to go in that club connection. shop and to see you could buy. I mean, my mum bought like the could you know Rami. You know, she bought a Rami to to take home and stuff. And my mum and dad bought the. Um, you know, this was the first season when I was on the team, you know, the team yeah. club picture. You could buy that at a club shop. My mum and dad had that as their main picture mm. above the fireplace. Do you know what I mean? It was just like, it was incredible. I just I imagine your mum in the full manager, the full manager court. Dad, okay. <laughs> I just think it's sad because I, I was like that at the start. And then it soon just yeah. turned into a job. You know, we speak about it quite a lot where it's like, we're not really into football that much. I bet you wore fucking your Sunderland shirt out. Well, I was a Sunderland fan, wasn't I? So I was like that. But when you were saying it, I was thinking that I was a little bit like that. And then it just like that. It, it does. Went, it goes. It went with a click of a finger. Yeah. For, for as, for as like, you know, I think it always stayed for my parents, you know, seeing their son, you know, you know, go in the club shop and I'm modeling the kits or, you know, I could, I was a poster or a card or whatever. For, it never kind of left my mum and dad. For me, obviously, yeah, you, you merge away from that. But then that's where I think in some respects, I, I lost I lost a little bit of the identity of what made me. Mm. And you just sort of morph into that person that that you're expected to be, that people exactly, look yeah. at you yeah. and want you to be. You know, I look back and we laugh at the way that I was when we do that, but yeah. that was me. Yeah. That was what I was and where I was at that point in my life. So at that point, you were being yourself. Y yeah, yeah, possibly. Which, which a lot of the old old football teammates would be like, what a fucking little nerdy twat this Busy is. Busy bastard. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's when you start changing. Yeah, you see, I don't know, it's just like, it's strange, isn't it? You just sort of morph to be somebody that, that people expect you to be. I think that's yeah. all I can say. And, you know, you, and along <laughs> with that, it becomes, you become fame as well. Do you know what I mean? And I was not, I'm from a small sleepy town in Stamford. You know what I mean? That's a really difficult one because like in certain situations, you want to be recognized when you're famous. When you tell Nick a bird. When, you, when you're on a night out, yeah. yeah. And you, you know, you're in a, in a situation or whatever. Yeah, there, there's certain situations that, that you want a bit recognised, but no one, again, that book of how to be a footballer, how, how to deal with fame and things like that. The first time that, that it happened to me, I was in a shopping centre in Derby. So I was in my tracksuit. Just Club tracksuit? No, my a training tracksuit. So Zumbro tracksuit. And I re these lads recognise me, you know, when you, you know, you know, when someone clocks you, you know, you get that little bit of a, oh fuck, you know, or you, you kind of subconsciously know that someone recognises you. So I was in a shopping centre in Derby and they were following us around. I'm like, what, what do I do here? What am I, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to turn around? Am I supposed to say hello? And I turned a corner. I'm like, I need to drop my shoulder here, get away from them. And I went into Specsavers. <laughs> right. So I dropped my shoulder, went into Specsavers. That new striker we got, he's got to go right. <laughs> And I started looking at these sunglasses and I started trying these sunglasses on. And then because these lads were hanging about outside, the security guard came and, and like sort of looked at these lads who were outside the thing and they were looking in at me. And obviously as I put my sunglasses on, I'm looking out at them. Like thinking, are they still there? Obviously, security guard thinks because they're all in tracksuits. They think <laughs> they think I'm with these lads. So straight away, the security guard comes in and starts like, I knew, you know, again, when you can clock a security guard's fucking got his eyes on you. So he was ended up like clocking me. So I was, I was in that awkward situation of thinking, right, what do I do here? Do I leave the shop and he's going to follow me out, and then is he going to sort of pull me over, thinking that I'm in there? So I like I sort of panicked, and he walked over towards me, and I and I went. 
uh, th them lads are following us. <laughs> and, he, and he went, what do you mean? I said, uh, uh, they're following us. Because I, I thought he was going to like fucking grab us. So I sort of had to explain to him and he was like, all oh, right, okay, I, I, I see, no problem. And I sort of like, like apologised why. I said, I shouldn't be in this shop, but hopefully you can understand. I didn't want to. There was no reason for me to be in that shop. January. January. I dropped my shoulder in the nearest shop. Honestly, I'd sort of panicked. And that's the dealing with fact. Like, I didn't really know, you know, Obviously, you look back, you think you should say, hi, lads, how you doing? Yeah, right, oh, yeah, no, oh, yeah, can we, like, oh, can we get your autograph or whatever? I didn't know how to deal with it. Like, it was strange. And like I say, to be then sort of being in a situation where you're sort of a security guard thinks you're in there nicking someone with a group of lads in a tracksuit. <laughs> like, fucking you know. Them tracksuits, always dad in a tracksuit. But yeah, it's like, that, well, that's like a funny story of sort of, you know, things that come along and you're trying to adapt as best you can to, to sort of the newly found fame, I suppose, that, that I was sort of adapting to. By the where, and I think I already know the answer to this from just how you've been, but somebody said, did you roll up a £50 note and burn it when you signed for Derby? What do you think? I've, I've just answered it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not in a million years. I mean, as well, when I went- What a 20. No, 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 I had, <laughs> no, I had a situation once when I went, because when I went, used to go back out, back up my hometown, you know, where I was born and raised, I'd had nights out there, 16, 17, 18, you know, nightclubs, getting pissed, whatever. Suddenly, when I was a footballer, like people, I felt like people were, yeah, there was, there was some parts of the, the you know, the, the lads that used to know you that, oh my God, wow, you, you, congratulations. Pleased for you. But there was the other side of it where like people like wanted aggro. Yeah. Like for what? Like, and they even used to give it the big end or anything like that. I remember being in Key Old Kate's in a nightclub in Stamford and these two lads came up to me really aggressively. What's this about you burning 20 pound notes? Like, what are you, like, <laughs> what are you on about? Like, as if. Like, as I if I would ever do that. Do you know what I mean? And the, the thing is, I don't know where these stories come from. Like, I have never in a million years ever, do, and would never, no. ever do anything like See, that. To them too, though, I think I'd have gone, they were 50s. <laughs> just in that <laughs> just to piss I them ended off. Up. Do you know yeah. what I did? I ended up, I said, come on, lads. I said, come to the bar. I ended up buying them a drink. And just had a chat with them. And they went, do you know what? You're a decent lad, aren't you? You know, I had, you know, there's been occasions as well, like being a Derby player where, you know, I've, I've, and not Nottingham. I don't know if anyone's been out for a night out in Nottingham. Yeah, good night out. Yeah, well, I, I had two nights out in Nottingham and lasted the grand total of about 45 minutes. Just because you were a Derby player? Yeah, uh, I, I got, I ended up the first bar that, so me and my mate went out and I kind of maybe knew that it probably wasn't a great idea for a Derby <laughs> County centre forward in the Premier League to go out in Nottingham, but... I'd always heard that Nottingham was a really, really good night out. And obviously I was at the time like tonight out. And me and my mate said, right, let's go. So we concocted this story that if anyone spoke to us, that me mate was a Nottingham Forest player. Yeah. So he was like the security, like, and he was a Nottingham Forest player and, and I was his mate. So that would get us out of any trouble that we were going to get involved <laughs> in because then they did speak to, the, to speak to him because he played for Nottingham Forest. It was a load of bullshit, but we, we thought we'd come up with that idea. Anyway, the first bar we went into, I got a bit uneasy. I stood at the bar, this lad came over to me and it was quite loud noise. And he went, what the fuck are you doing here? I was like, oh, fuck. And I was just about to say, I'm here with me mate from Forest, right? And I saw his right hand, he cocked his right hand, right? And it fucking, and I like did a mate like, like it was almost in slow motion. Matrix. Ducked out the way, missed me. I, I, I felt the wind of his fist come past me. 
And this couple ended up, this couple were behind me, grabbed me by the shoulder, pulled me back. There was a fire exit here. Uh, it was all kind of almost orchestrated. Like it was all meant to happen. Like, so he, he threw a punch at me, missed, got dragged back. The, the handle of the fire exit was pushed. I was pushed out. My mate followed me and we fucking legged it. <laughs> <laughs> fucking legged it. First drink in. First bar, first drink in. <laughs> straight in car, straight on. Well, yeah, we were. We got, we got, we got a taxi and we ended up going back to Derby. And this was maybe half an hour. So that was, that was half an hour. Then the other, the other, <laughs> you trying again? the other 15 minutes, right? So <laughs> Lee Morris, who lad play for Derby, Chef United, uh, a guy called Adam Murray. Uh, I think he's, he's still around the scene now. Um, they decided it was, it was the three of us. So we said, oh, we'll go to Nottingham not for a night. I went, lads, fucking not a good idea, this. What do you mean? I said, well, the last time I, a night out there, I lasted half an hour. First, pretty much the first bar we went in, I got, ah, oh, fucking hell. There's no chance of that happening again. I was like, well, bear in mind that obviously it has happened. Anyway, so just, we, let's just we, we, pull, in, we pull at this bar. I think it was like a Weatherspoons or something. Um, and we ended up pulling up in the pub, got in, we sat in this booth and I'm fucking there having a drink like this. I fucking look up. It's only the fucking lad that's thrown a fucking punch at me. <laughs> The same lad, the fucking same lad has walked in the bar. I mean, you couldn't fucking write it. It was the first bar we ended up as well. And I fucking ducked down, I went, and, and, and Lee went, what are you doing? I went, I said, you know, when I tell you about that fucking bar, he's just fucking walked in there. He's like, you're joking. Anyway, we fucking hell. So obviously we didn't want, he was a big, biggish lad, do you know what I mean? So me, um, Lee and Adam just got out the bar straight away and we just said, look, we need to go home. Not a good idea. So I yeah. told you. So two nights out in Nottingham, lasting a total of 45 minutes. <laughs> Can't believe it, honestly. <laughs> and I've never, I've never been out in Nottingham since, and I maybe don't intend to, because honestly, <laughs> Forest fans probably don't like me even to this day. You need to speak about some of the players in that team, man. Mm. Pink Ladsy, Ravenelli, yeah. Carboni, West. West. Yeah, mad. Taribo West, yeah. man. When you think of... God, you know, again, being that football fan, recognisable figures, world football, dreadlocks, you know, World Cup and stuff like that. And he ended up in our dressing room. I don't know how. Like he ended up, <laughs> what is it? Inter Milan, AC Milan, Derby County? <laughs> like, it's not the natural progression, no. is it? Totally, totally random. I remember him turning up. He turned up with a load of guys, you know, around which I tended to find like the guys that came over from Italy had seemed to have a lot of entourage. Same with Ravenelli. Ravenelli seemed to travel with, with quite a few people, agents and whatnot, interpreters. But Taribo was a strange one because he'd turn up with, you know, I, I say I turned up in my Umbro wash bag. He turned up with his Tesco carrier bag. He, he, honestly, he turned up, he used to turn up in a carrier bag with his, with his belongings in. I was thinking, Fucking hell, you must have earned some serious money in the last couple of years. You're like one of the most famous, recognisable figures in world football. He, he would turn up with a plastic bag with his stuff in. <laughs> and his dress sense, oh my God. Obviously, I've, I've criticised my own dress sense, but he would turn up in a tracksuit with shoes. <laughs> <laughs> like patent leather shoes on. <laughs> Do you know what? He didn't give a fuck. <laughs> so, you know, where, you know, they were going, oh my God, Tarebo, what are you doing? And he, he would just turn it, yeah, whatever. Put his bags down, get changed, out he went. I mean, I remember one time at Fulham, so League Cup game, we were in the Prem, Fulham were in the Championship. Uh, we turned up there. He, he didn't turn up. 
So what happened, what would happen is Taribo very rarely trained. So he played the match and he, he was a pastor at a local like church back in Italy. So he used to play his match and go home and preach on a Sunday. Would we see him Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Don't know. Might turn up Thursday, might turn up Friday. <laughs> we hadn't seen him. So we play this night game at Craven Cottage with Taribo. No one knows where he is. No one can get hold of him. Jim Smith's around there. Fucking, where is he? Fucking get on the phone. No, obviously he's in the team because he's, he's one of our bigger players. He's, well, where is he? Well, no one knows where he is. So they ended up, he turned up like with a minute to go before team submission. He hadn't, we, no one had seen him for a few days prior. And I don't know how on earth he ended up turning up. He turned up and what did he turn up in? He turned up with his fucking Derby County tracksuit on again and fucking shoes. <laughs> Walking in again with his fucking bag. Like not caring the world. Fucking Jim says, what the fuck? You know, you know what I mean? But, and then it goes there. So then we ended up doing the, the um, you know, like before you go out, you have the huddle. So Taribo's like, I want to huddle. Obviously he'd just come back from Italy where he'd done all his preaching. He was going to preach to us. So again, I've got nothing, you know, nothing against the church, anything like that. So there we were, Jim Smith in this huddle as well. Remember how old school Jim Smith is, mind? Yeah. And, you know, so there we all are in, in the huddle. Taribo is in the middle preaching to us in a language that I don't know what, what, what it is. Is it Italian? Is it, is it his native language? But it's almost like above a witch doctor kind of approach. Like, and, you know, and I looked over and Rory Delap was looking at Seth. And he was fucking gone. I'm like, oh, fucking hell. And then I'm looking at Jim and Jim's like proper shutting his eyes like he's fucking praying. Do you know what I mean? I'm looking like, oh my fucking God, looking round here. And and yeah, he was preaching to us and, and things like that. And we obviously, we, we, we went out um, and obviously he was wanting us to, to, to win the game. Did you win the game? No, we fucking lost 3-2. <laughs> <laughs> it's not so fucking work, is it? <laughs> In all fairness, I'll give it to Taribo. Whenever he played, do you know what I mean? He gave his all, you know, the fans will remember him. You know what I mean? He didn't, didn't like play. He wasn't awful or anything like that. He always played, he gave his all. But we just, you know, I kind of remember him for just being, he wasn't, he was there, but wasn't there as well. You yeah. know, and that was sign of the flip opposite with like another big person, like Ravanelli, who was, who was there all the time and who was like one of the most professional people that I'd ever been around, which surprised me because I'd heard a lot about Rav when he was at Borough and, you know, the season that he'd had there. And I'd heard a lot about things and obviously seeing it from a, from a close in, being that football fan in me as well. This is Ravanelli who scored like Champions League final when I was working in the supermarket. And this is, he scored 30 odd goals for Borough. I mean, it's like a dream. And then I was ended up playing centre forward with, with him as well. So it was just like, how was he with you? Because I've heard, we've heard he was hard work as a lad to he get wasn't. on with. No, I, I, I enjoyed every moment with him. To be fair, and as that partnership, would he? Would you? Would yeah, he, he give me. you advice, yeah. help you. Yeah, he, first first day of training, came over to me. He didn't speak great English, but he brought first time he came and 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 brought he, uh, Stefano Aranio, who could, who was a fantastic player as well. He came over with Rav to me on the training pitch and. He, he, uh, Iranio said, Ravanelli is here for you, to help you. I was like, fucking hell, hairs on the back of my neck stuck up, stood out. Do you know what I mean? It was like, oh my God. He said, yes, Malcolm, I'm here for you. That must have been like, yeah, special, yeah. So yeah, we, you know, we, you know, you could argue we played in a struggling team together. Do you know what I mean? We didn't really have the creative 
Yeah, we mentioned King Cladsey there. He's set up most of my goals in all fairness, but we didn't really have from wide areas or King Cladsey was in and out the team. He wasn't really trusted to have it. It was almost like if we were putting King Cladsey in the team, we were get, going to get overrun in midfield because he didn't do the, the hard yards back. back. Um, and But I really, really enjoyed it. And he, he, for me, playing with Ravenelli and seeing how he looked after his body, what he ate, he was never missed a training session. He was worked so hard on the training pitch, off in matches. Like it gave me that understanding of right, okay, that's what a top player. That's how he carries himself, and that's that's the level. And the, I think why me and him didn't share that partnership was Ravenelli. And this isn't a bad thing about. He was very selfish in terms of if it was his, if he was in and around the goal, he'd be shooting. He wouldn't be looking for me. Yeah. Yeah, and that's not a bad thing. That's it, it got to where he got to and he scored all them amount of goals. So for me to forge a partnership, I was kind of that sort of play where I got on the end of things. I didn't create a lot for myself, but I was reliant on a bit of movement around me. Yeah, somebody slipping me in like King Cladsey would do. And but Ravinelli wasn't that type of player. So we didn't forge that that probably partnership where he would. He would make runs for himself where I'm thinking, well, why is he running that? Why is he not coming to me so I can spin off him mm. and things? And and I wasn't, it wasn't in our stages of a career where I was going to sell him, well, Rav, hang on a minute, you need to come here, mate. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I was kind of in awe of him thinking, well, if he's moving there, then I'll kind of, everything was dovetailed. What he was doing, I was reacting off the back of rather yeah. than the other way around, which mm. which meant we didn't really forge the partnership, which maybe the Derby fans would have liked. Yeah. And you know, at this point, leading goal scorer with Ravinelli that season, have yeah. you been rewarded with a with a new contract in, in line with, with these big names that are coming in? Uh, yes and no. So yes, I was rewarded, but I probably signed my... The contract I signed at Derby was the same contract I left at Derby. So when I got in the team, it was only natural where I had got like 18 months left on this contract. So, yeah. you know, the club were probably thinking, oh, right, he's in the first team now. Like played a couple of games, made me debut. And they offered me this, this contract. And maybe in hindsight, I should have just maybe... Shut the briefcase. Just, yeah, the briefcase. <laughs> but, but, I'm off, Jim. but funnily enough, I've obviously talked ill of the agent was ill. I didn't think he possibly did the right thing when he shut that briefcase. He he was he was my still my agent at that point, believe it or not. I'd ended up signing with him after that for I don't know why I did. I don't know why. I'd still I think I'd still sign with him from that original time that he didn't do the deal for me. So he went in with Jim and negotiated my contract and came out and the numbers were a lot more than what I was on previous. I wasn't part of the negotiation, which I was a little bit uncomfortable about. Bear in mind what had gone on previous, 18 yeah. months ago with this agent and whatnot. So he comes out and he says, right, we've sorted it. Bear in mind at this time as well, the agent had said he didn't want my dad being, any, being part of the negotiation. I'm the agent. I'm Malcolm's agent. I'm doing the contract. Came out of the, um, of the office. Right, there's numbers. Okay. Okay, so I'm looking down. Three grand. Three and a half, four, three years. Okay, right. But I've written into that contract a hundred thousand pounds worth of agent fees. Okay. I thought you were going to say hundred thousand pounds a gear from club shop. Merchandise. Hundred thousand rallies. Okay. So, okay. Is that again? Is that not, do agents, is that normal? Okay, fair enough. Anyway, so 
but I've still got the same signing on fee. So the 35 and 35 still there. That's still the caveat, but, we, but the basics gone up. Okay. There's some appearance money in there. So there was, you know, it was an improvement, but obviously when I reflect back, I was thinking, you know, Ravinelli was on 40 grand a week. In, in, playing in the same team. In, and we're playing in the same team. Scoring See, the same amount of the same amount of teams. I would say, when I reflect back, I was probably the lowest paid centre forward in the Premier League at that particular time. You know, you think in 2000 and 2001, 2000, 2001, you know, everyone was earning decent money at the time. Maybe I rushed in a little bit too much and signed that contract. <laughs> so, but I was a bit uneasy with this £100,000 and I needed to... But if you paid cash, it was 60. You personally? Yeah, to pay the agent. So it was 100,000 pounds, but if you paid cash, it was 60. Right, okay, a bit uncomfortable about that. Where'd you, where'd you get 60,000 pound cash from? Well, by that time, I'd obviously, we were gonna be dipping into loyalty bonuses and the signing on fees. But to actually get cash, yeah. to go up the 60,000 pound cash thing. Yeah, I wanted to pay in installments. Right. So it wasn't 60 up front. So it needed to be paid in an X amount of installments over X amount of time over the length of the contract. So again, right, paying 100 grand or 60. It doesn't take a rocket science to work out probably which avenue you're going to go. Again, uncomfortable about what we're doing. Me and my dad were like, this doesn't feel right. So it was arranged to meet him in a pub car park with me five grand, first installment, cash, in a brown paper envelope. There you go. Boom, first instalment. Again, fucking didn't feel quite right. Anyway, cut a long story short, what had happened is my agent at the time had negotiated his agent fees through me, but had also, through the meetings with Jim Smith, had arranged his own fee with the club. Illegal. Cannot do that. You can take from one, but not the other. So you can, as an agent, you can either take your fee from the club or take the fee from the player. He's double. He's doubling up. Doubled up. Okay, we find that out through lengthy legal process. I end up, it turned out better for me. I ended up signing for a, t a company called SFX, which um, at the time were the best sports agency. I had David Beckham, Michael Owen, Stephen Gerrard, all the top players. I got in with them and they went through the due diligence legal process with that particular guy and went away. So I ended up not being out of pocket at all um, and signed with the best agency in the country. So you got your money back? Yeah, got my money back. Thing is, as well, you saying that you were probably the lowest paid striker in the Premier League, your dad probably could have got in and got the same amount of money. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, anybody uh, yeah, exactly. And I look back and I reflect back on that again. I maybe should have learnt my lesson. Do you know what I mean? Through that naivety. But by that stage, I had signed a contract with this agent. So I was like, felt like I was maybe Obliged. stuck with him a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like think, right, okay, trust with him. But for me not being part of any negotiation and me sitting outside Jim Smith's office while they were in there talking about my contract and one thing or another and agency fees and coming out and having a handwritten piece of paper, Malcolm Christie will pay X £100,000 written in biro. You know, he could have wrote anything, couldn't he? Could have wrote 200, 300. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And there's me signing it. Yeah, oh, yeah. okay. Well, if that's what agents do on these upgraded contracts, that's what I must do. That's your there wasn't any help. Again, there wasn't really it? like, do you know what I mean? PFA or anything like that. Or, you know, even Jim probably, at the time, obviously Jim's not here to answer that side of things, obviously. But, you know, to say, you know, were the club doing the best? I don't know. It just, it didn't, nothing about that situation from even the first contract I signed from that one, 
I suppose it left a little bit of a bitter taste in my mouth about that side of football to know that that predominantly people are out for themselves and not looking to look after the best interests of, of the, the players player. at heart. And obviously I was signed that contract as well. So when we got relegated, it was, I suppose as most players had, you know, it was 25% cut for, for relegation as well. Mm. So, you know, I, I kind of left, you know, financially the Derby County side of things nowhere near rewarded for what I would say the efforts and, and things compared to players around players. me at the time, who were on obscene amounts of money. Mm. The old man could have gone, you champagne Sierra, couldn't he? Yeah, yeah, could Absolutely. <laughs> just took us a Absolutely. And again, you know, and I think back, you know, and I've, I've learned some harsh lessons, you know, in, in my story. And I hope, you know, if people are listening to this, that, that, you know, that, you know, I know it's funny and things like that when you reflect back, but do you know what I mean? It's like, I just, I don't know. I suppose I just wish that in some respects that, you know, there were people out there who would have sort of helped me in that respect because the one person that helped me through everything was my dad. And then when I became a footballer, then all of these people circle around you like fucking vultures, yeah. you know, agents, financial advisors, all these people. Do you know what I mean? And But but the one person who had the best interest was me dad. And like, I probably regret when I look back and think that, look, dad, these people know best because they look after him, 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 and him. Um, but yeah, I suppose looking back at, on things, I maybe should have took stock and gone, right, before I sign this, let me just, let me just yeah. check this out. Um, obviously, I'm glad that I didn't, because it could have been that for three years, I was just, you know, meeting up with him in car parks and, you know, you know, I eventually got his license rebuked by the PFA when they sort of, oh, FA when they found out about it. So, you know, he did get his, his, his fingers burnt buy it but it left it left a massive sort of sour taste in my mouth about that side of football it's followed on from last series where Bradley Orr just unearthed and the shit that goes on yeah. in football people just getting shit on left right and, and centre advantage yeah. because that the same character trait of you going to the club shop and wanting to stick her in your car and embracing the moment of being a footballer is the same character trait that's going to be like, all right, this is what I do, is it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's that, that, exactly, what, exactly, what happens. You're exactly right. And that, that, that was it. It was like, by that stage, I only knew no different. I'd not signed an, an, an upgraded contract at a, at a club. I didn't mm. know. I didn't know. I thought that's what, that's what happened. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.